Tyler, how you doing today, man? Oh, pretty good. Good to have you on. We're doing a Monday minute that we're recording on a Friday. Steve's out of town, and some topics and questions came up recently that uh, I have some experience in, but you have more experience in. So you're the you're the perfect guy to get on here and chat. Uh, listeners, if you haven't heard from Tyler, he's been on the podcast multiple times. Uh, Tyler Boschma. I don't even. Do you remember the last time you were on Tyler? Or like what even the episode was? I guess your sheep hunt, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the sheep hunt was the last, and then the bear hunt before that. So yeah. So yeah, this past fall and past spring, you were on for sure. Um, so yeah. So basically, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about our experience with the hammer bullets. So back in episode two twenty seven, we had Steve uh, from Hammer Bullets on the podcast and. We talked about the design of hammer bullets and you know what all goes into that. And I had shared some of my experience loading them and then had talked about it since uh, in terms of just slow development and then got a chance to use them on my elk this fall. And uh, yeah, so just want to talk about kind of more terminal performance on hunts. And then Tyler, you have uh, killed your sheep and some whitetail and more critters that we'll get into with the hammers this fall. So just to give context, I'll read. Uh, just a note we got within this past week, actually, uh, that said, the recent unscripted episode with Emery was a nice change and I enjoyed it. What I'm really waiting for is a podcast about your rifle season and how those hammer bullets worked for you. So that was from Chad. And then a couple months ago, we had an email from Rob uh, that said, as I've been listening to your podcast, I've grown interested in hammer bullets. I've heard and read many great reviews on them, and I'm curious what your personal experience has been now that you have hunted with them. I remember hearing you and Steve saying your elk didn't go far after the initial shot and died quickly, but I don't remember hearing much about the entrance, exit, wound channel, and fragments found specifically from the hammers. Um, so yeah, just guys curious about how hammers perform. And as I said, Tyler, you have more experience than I do, but just to touch on my elk hunts, um, you know, that shot was, didn't have time to range it. It happened quick. It was definitely under 100 yards, probably closer to... 70 um and yeah just went broadside a little bit uh behind the shoulder the bull was kind of covered up a little bit by some brush and stuff so i slipped it in behind the shoulder um and then he ran i don't know because he kind of zigged and zagged and it all happened fast but he ran just a little ways and then went down and uh he was down and i could tell he was down for good but he still was moving a little bit and i had a clear shot uh, so I just put a second one in him. So, you know, he was down in sights uh, with one and then a second just for uh, extra insurance to help end things quickly for that bull. You know, the way that the bull was down the ground made it difficult for me to see uh, entrance and exit. And obviously they're big. And then as Steve and I tried to move that bull, he went tumbling down the mountainside. It was just steep and loose and... um and then we also just did uh, boneless, um, you know, took, or we quartered them. We did gutless, sorry. So I didn't open up anything to see internal damage. Um, I did see entrance and exit just a little bit. But Tyler, as you know, we were not fighting the clock terribly. But when you kind of got there on that hunt, the, the bull was down. Steve and I were in the midst of processing in there. Uh, you know, we just didn't do a ton of examination on it. But Performance-wise, everything looked good. I obviously didn't cover a, re I didn't recover a bullet. Both uh, shots were pass-throughs. 
Um, exits, you know, didn't seem crazy significant, uh, but clearly did the job. And I think that's one thing about the hammers from a design perspective is, you know, they're designed to kind of shed pedals internally, which creates some of the internal damage and then retain weight and have that shank drive through for penetration. And so, you know, you take the kind of the different philosophies on bullet performance on all energy in the animal and a kind of explosive impact or complete pass throughs. Hammers try to do a little bit of both shedding those pedals, creating some widespread damage internally, and then having that shank um, that kind of flows through. But was there anything Tyler you looked at closer on my elk? Cause we were, I mean, all three of us were kind of working, doing our own thing. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of got there and started, I just worked on the head right away. You guys are finishing the last quarter and, yeah, I got to getting the head ready, and we were packing with, and yeah, we just, I guess, that inquisitive curiosity, I, we, none of us really just, yeah, we're too, too much thinking about that, we were just kind of getting our heads ready for what lay ahead. <laughs> yeah, we were just, it was in a spot where the elk wasn't laying in an easy spot, you know, once we moved him, honestly, he went tumble down the hill, and then a tree was kind of holding him from going further, which is nice, and then we had... We knew we had a hell of a pack out uh, ahead of us and we're going to be back um, well after dark. So we just didn't take a bunch of casual time to be too curious. Um, obviously just happy that Elk was down quick and in sight and obviously worked well. Um, but Tyler, I mean, you use the hammers on your sheep hunt, whitetail hunts, all kinds of stuff this fall. So I just want to pull you on here because I don't, you, you've killed at least a half a dozen animals, I think, with hammers, probably more this fall. Yeah, so actually 10 between my wife and I um, yeah. this year. And uh, it was kind of funny. I listened to that podcast you guys had Steve on back in bear season. And um, I kind of hemmed around. And I finally, like, I was actually struggling with my gun, like just getting it to shoot, you know, how I wanted it to. And it was like a week before my sheep hunt. Like I should have already left. We got delayed, the whole story behind that. But yeah, long story short, I called Steve up and I, I was just leaving the gun range. I'm like, gosh darn, I wish I could get this gun just to shoot a little better. And I called Steve up and he's like, well, we're going to the gun range tomorrow and we're going to be working on a few guns if you want to come up. And Yeah, that's Steve from about, Hammers, just for guys who are clear, not Steve from the podcast and XO. Yeah, Steve from Hammers. Yep, yep, Steve from Steve from Hammer. Um, so yeah, he lives about four hours from me. And yeah, I mean, a week before my sheep hunt, I was up there. And I mean, it didn't take them much at all. They're pretty dialed in their system and, you know, and, and how they uh, do load development for rifles. And anyway, um, yeah, first time was, you know, a week into having the bullets and um, kind of, yeah, went all in on that. Um, and, but they worked great. We got a video of the, the sheep and the shot and everything. And it was one shot and then laid over, kicked off the mountain and was, was done but um some of the other ones were pretty cool where the best like test bed or like the best like where i've i've gone and actually looked at terminal performance was um down here at the ranch where my family's at montana um we shoot some white cells we shoot some does and stuff and um getting to see how that bullet performed especially compared to other bullets like um my dad's real big into target shooting. Um, 
regardless, he shoots a bullet that, um, it was just interesting, the differences. So with the hammers, um, we shot a, a couple does and one of them actually had a, a really bad shot, like shot it low, um, clip, just basically clip the bottom of this deer's cavity. And, uh, but it, it did enough damage that, you know, I was able to at least get back on that, even with like a really subpar shot where, um, you know, that in that case, I think, you know, maybe some other, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would have worked with other bulls. I was just re- remember being really impressed with, um, how I was able to get back on that deer because of the damage it did cause. Um, with that being said, I've taken a pictures of a few deer that I've killed to, um, where the damage it does cause, especially on the exit side, isn't like, like you were talking about, like it's designed to go, go in and out like that, that main part of the projectile. I've yet to recover a bullet and we're 10 animals in and I've yet to recover a bullet. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely designed to, um, put two holes in the animal, but on that, um, exit side, like when I have like a perfect case scenario, I've had them where I actually have like five little holes on the exit side and they're not like real bloodshot, like torn up, like hamburger stuff. It's just four little perfect holes where, you know, that bullet broke apart in a chest cavity. Those, you know, little pedicles went off and did damage, you know, almost like a shotgun and then came out. Um, but yeah, as far as like seeing how, most animals have responded to it. I've definitely been very impressed. Um, both Callie and I's caribou were, you know, we doubled up on caribou and those were the hammers and yeah, hers just dropped and yeah, really good and pressed there. And then my elk was kind of the same story as yours. It was close. My first shot was like 70 yards and, um, I saw a little bit forward in the neck. So I had to put another one in him. Um, and that, you know, probably more of a, where I hit him versus, you know, anything, but, and definitely dropped him. Um, and I didn't think he was getting back up, but, you know, same thing is better to be safe. And, um, you know, he was definitely moving a little bit. So, um, but like all the deer and stuff, like I have definitely been impressed and, you know, I don't know enough where, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fan now. Yeah. <laughs> I go on and bought some and, um, just the other night and I'll got a new gun. That I'm going to be reloading up with them. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where it, any bullet discussion is there's always variables, you know, distance where the impact is all kinds of stuff. And that's why I think it's, you know, it, I hesitated to answer this question with a small sample size that I have because I'm super happy with the terminal performance from that limited experience, but I wanted to chat with, you know, somebody like yourself, who's 10 animals just this fall with them. So yeah, it's exactly what you said. There's enough, uh, there that I think I'm satisfied with you're satisfied with from a terminal perspective to keep using them. Um, I honestly don't have any plans to really try anything else specifically for hunting. I mean, it's a different story if I'm out banging steel at 800 yards, like I was last weekend for fun. Um, but specifically for hunting, you know, definitely we'll keep going with the hammers. And then, you know, we've touched on this in, in prior podcasts, but I've 
developed loads for three different rifles and three different cartridges um, now with the hammer bullets and every time it's just been stupid easy. Um, I mean, you, it's, it's the simplest process for load development with the best results that I've ever experienced by far. Um, so strictly from that point, you look at a bullet like a hammer, which is not cheap and not even close to cheap. Um, but you just don't waste a lot of bullets with them. I mean, I, I both in all three times, I mean, I, I legit have like a load shooting under half MOA and less than 10 bullets. Um, so it was just a super simple process. I was actually having that conversation with a buddy, um, yesterday and we were talking about load development for, for my guns and you know, that, that cost first value kind of topic came up. And I guess my big thing, as far as the load development goes is, you know, one, you're not spending a ton of time and money because they are so quick to develop, um, and, and get shooting, or at least that's been our experience. Um, and then two, like right now with, you know, the ammo shortages and stuff like that, I, I called Steve up and, um, the hammer bullets and, you know, they're not, way behind to the point where they're, you know, they're pushing stuff out to 2022, like some of these other ammo manufacturers. So the nice thing is, you know, at least you have, you know, a projectile available to you in a relatively decent amount of time. Maybe who knows how, you know, if that continues to be that way, but um, there's definitely some value to that. You know, it, when I, we did the math, it definitely was, you know, compared to, I was loading up some ELDXs and they would double the price, um, per bullet, you know, and all said and done. So, you know, it, it, they definitely are a lot more expensive, but, um, I don't know as far as, uh, terminal performance goes and how the ease of getting the shoot good, you know, so far they've been worth it. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I didn't even, contributed to the current times and how hard it is to even get anything number one is hammer hammers are available it's harder to even find other bullets but then you even talk about when you talk about the cost of load development stream on that process you know primer like every primer and all the powder that you're using on load development for something else is sacred components essentially these days which is super unfortunate but i didn't even think about that that's a good point yeah yeah and that's for for me that's where the value is right now because i just you know, got this new six, five and trying to, you know, wrap my head around finding stuff right now. It's just like, well, I'd rather just order these hammers, be into them for a little bit more money. And, um, you know, ideally use less components and, you know, in the long run, maybe even save money. So, yeah. Cool, man. Well, that's, uh, yeah, it's good to touch base on that. Um, just want to answer those questions for the guys who are asking, um, Obviously, that was pretty much all good things to say about hammers. Just throw it out there because I always am questioning myself when I hear too much good stuff about something. Um, it's like there's no uh, relationship with us and hammers. Steve doesn't even know we're doing this podcast, so this isn't like a, a sponsored deal. It's legit. Just we're pretty pretty freaking happy with them. Definitely going to keep using them in 2021. And, uh, you know, I, I think in the future, like this spring, when I get some extra time, I'll put together an article, um, with load development, just kind of share my process and results. And if you guys have questions about that, feel free to reach out at any time. That's definitely something we can cover. So just shoot that email to uh, podcast at xmountgear.com. Thanks for tuning in today, Tyler. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah, no problem.